In June, the U.S. Supreme Court declared affirmative action in undergraduate, graduate, and professional education unconstitutional. Policy debates related to affirmative action have typically focused on its effects on education, employment, and earnings, and not on how it might shape population health. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Athene Darvan Kadaramani, an Assistant Professor in the Department of Medical Ethics and Health Policy at the Perlman School of Medicine, and director of the Opportunity for Health Lab at the University of Pennsylvania. Dr. Venkataramani has written a perspective article about the role that opportunity for social and economic advancement plays in driving health and well-being. Dr. Venkataramani, what have been the primary goals of using affirmative action in higher education in the past? So the goal of affirmative action historically has been to increase access to opportunities in higher education and in the labor market that typically were not available due to a number of institutional and structural reasons. These policies have predominantly tried to improve opportunities among Black, American Indian, and Alaskan Native individuals and Hispanic Americans as well. And how successful have those been? For a long time, we didn't really have the data to understand the extent to which these policies may have worked for the individuals who benefited from them. But more recently, we've gotten a look from individual state case studies that really give a sense of how the policies have been effective. One particular example comes from California, which showed that affirmative action programs had positive effects on college graduation rates and future earnings among the very groups of people that it tried to target. Among those who, some may argue, not only do not benefit from affirmative action, but may be harmed by affirmative action, such as non-Hispanic, white, or Asian students, the policy didn't seem to have any negative effects on education or labor market outcomes. So it seems that the groups that were targeted by the policy benefited from them. Groups that were not targeted by the policy were not harmed, at least not in large ways. So it does suggest that these policies historically have been successful in achieving their objective. And you write in your perspective article that the use of affirmative action in admissions might also influence health including by having a positive effect on graduation rates and future earnings among some students and by supporting diversity in the physician workforce. So how could these effects ultimately lead to improved population health? So if you look at those two mechanisms that you mentioned, first, those who had increased access to selective college institutions, that's not a very large population, but it's not a small population either. So anyone who achieves increased earnings as a result of opportunities that are available to them We know that income is a key social determinant of health, so it stands to reason that their health will improve too. The second mechanism that you mentioned with regards to the diversity of the healthcare workforce, that can have population-wide effects because now what we're saying is that affirmative action is shaping the type of doctors who are practicing out in the world. And if we have more physicians from different population groups and that concordance between physicians and their patients may have positive impacts on healthcare decision-making and health, which we've seen in a number of new studies, that stands to reason that patients as a whole may benefit by having doctors who look like them and may understand their life circumstances a little bit better. You also say in your article that affirmative action programs may affect health through the messages they send to population groups that are facing structural barriers. So what exactly do you mean by that? And what evidence is there to support an association between what you call hope and opportunity and health? I think this third mechanism The impacts of affirmative action policies and the signals that they send on people's beliefs about their opportunities and their hopes for the future is a key mechanism and one that I think is generally understudied. The idea is that affirmative action policies 
by virtue of showing to a large group of people that it is possible for policies to address structural barriers that you might face towards upward mobility, that sends a signal to a wide swath of people, not just those who are, say, on the margin of going to a very selective college or not, but everybody, that there is uh, hope for a fair shake in the world. And that type of overarching signal that the policy provides about opportunity in general can be very powerful in shaping the psyche of individuals. If you believe that opportunity is available to you and that you can be hopeful about it, that has positive effects on mental health right away, but it also makes it more valuable and have higher returns to investing in your health going forward. In terms of the evidence for this, the idea that affirmative action can have these wide effects on a large group of people, not just on those who may stand to mechanically gain from the objective of going to, say, a selective college or not, comes from economic experimental evidence where they've run experiments where they basically simulate affirmative action programs in large competitive games. And they show that it's not just the people who would stand to benefit on the margin that have better performance in these games, but it's actually a very wide swath of people, ostensibly because it's sending the signal that, hey, the playing field is more fair for you. That's the first thing. When it comes to health in particular, our group did a study a few years ago where we looked at what happened after affirmative action was banned by nine states between 1996 and the late 2000s. And what we found there was that right after the ban went into place, you saw increases in health risk behaviors that are typically associated with lower opportunity or lower sense of hope or poor mental health. In particular, we saw an uptick in smoking and alcohol use behaviors among underrepresented minority teens. So these were Black, Hispanic, and Native American adolescents right after the ban went into place. And that's something we think is driven in large part by not closing doors on the ability to go to a selective college, but this general idea that affirmative action is sending this large signal about what opportunities are out there in life for this group of people. So how could policymakers apply this concept of opportunity to avert negative health effects from the court's decision, particularly among these historically marginalized populations? So one thing I want to underscore here is that in many ways, affirmative action was just the hook for a larger point that I wanted to make in this piece, which is that it's opportunity and the policies that shape it that are critical drivers of health and one that we haven't really talked about. Affirmative action just provides a really great analogy in some sense um, for why opportunity might matter. And you could potentially have written the same essay and run the same argument through if you focused on labor market policies that gave people access to higher paying jobs that they may not have otherwise had, or policies that shape access to US labor markets, such as those that extend labor market opportunities to undocumented immigrants like the DACA program. So there are lots of different policies out there that shape opportunity. And the first lesson I think for policymakers and health systems is that we need to think about how policies impact health through their effects on opportunity. That's the top line lesson. Affirmative action is just one example. But if we want to get more specific, then we have to think about, well, what can health systems or policymakers do to specifically shape people's opportunities? At the health system side, I think it's a little bit trickier because our comparative advantages in delivering medical care, we're not necessarily well equipped to do social policy. And so that's something that we'll need to keep in mind. But where we can be effective is within our own walls making sure that our workforce has access to economic opportunities. There are a number of healthcare occupations that are not well paid, and we're in a position to pay them better and improve the opportunities they have for upward advancement. So within our own walls, we can actually address this issue. We can work with social service organizations and partner with them 
in ways that allow us to link patients who might benefit from having more opportunities in life in the labor market and in education and so forth to social services that allow them to flourish in these particular ways. So that's, I think, something health systems can do. More largely for policymakers, if we think that opportunity really matters for health, which I think increasingly the evidence supports, not just affirmative action, but lots of other cases where we see the same kind of dynamic play out. If you believe that link, then we need to think hard about policies in the social sector or in the health sector that actually have spillover effects on opportunity and health as a means for really leveraging this connection and using that to improve the health of populations. Thank you, Dr. Venkata Ramani.